this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Thank you, Lord, for his goodness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. His goodness is running after you. Yes, it is. It's running after you. Oh, if we could just understand that, what we're singing right there. His goodness is running after us. Hallelujah. I say it, I've said it often that the Bible says, His goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If you could just recognize you have bodyguards today. They're called goodness and mercy. Come on, don't mess with me. I've got bodyguards. Oh, yeah, you don't see them, but I've got bodyguards. Oh, come on. I'm not afraid to walk in the neighborhood. I've got bodyguards. Come on, we're not afraid of whatever comes against us. That's why the Bible says a thousand can fall at one side and 10,000 at the other, but it shall not come near me. Why? Because I've got bodyguards. Hallelujah. See, some of you need to get just that revelation. When, when you get gripped with fear, just understanding I've got bodyguards. It shall not come near me. Amen. It can't touch me. Right? Remember the song from the 90s. Come on. Can't touch this. Oh, I know. You all want to act like you're, you're in church now. You can't recall those days. I remember. You break it down, right? Some, some of you could break it down on the dance floor. Can't touch this. No, 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 no. You've got to remember, amen, who you are, whose you are. You and I have bodyguards. Hallelujah. Bodyguards, you didn't know you were so important. Amen. You thought that was reserved only for the president, only for Congress, only for the rich and the famous. But see that you just didn't realize who you are. Angela, you've got bodyguards. Come on. She has bodyguards. Hallelujah. People that some of our folks that are missing today, they've got sickness and things going on, but they've got bodyguards. Amen. Whatever you might face this week, you've got bodyguards. He goes before you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Just as we were singing goodness, it's running after you. It, it's following you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So uh, we, we cannot fear with whatever may come against us. Amen. Because of we've got bodyguards. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's good. We could just preach that right there all day. We've got bodyguards. Hallelujah. Remember last week we preached the message angels in the wilderness. Amen. So you got bodyguards and you've got angels. I mean, what else do you need? Right, but angels went into the into the wilderness and ministered to Jesus. And I, we we said angels were coming into your midst to minister to you. Hallelujah! And you got angels and you've got bodyguards. Angels ministering you and 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 and, and goodness and mercy. Your bodyguards protecting you. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Mess with me. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's not that I'm cocky. It's just I know who I am. I, I've stood up to some big guys a time or two. How about it, Cindy? Amen. I, I won't make any names, but there, there's some even folks in their rough days I've stood up to in our church and nose to nose dared them to punch me. Because why? I know I got bodyguards. Hallelujah. All right. Come on. Oh, you, you look surprised. 
When you know who you are and you understand that you are covered by him, you don't walk in fear. You're not afraid of what may come or what could happen. You know who you are. So I'm fully confident in who he is and what he is able to do and what he says in his word that he will do. He's my bodyguard. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not some days, not just Sundays or Mondays, but all the days. Say all. All. Yeah. See, you, you got to get that. Even on your worst day, goodness and mercy will follow you. Yes. Even when I'm not feeling it, even when I don't look my best. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy follow me. Amen. How I many know some people will abandon you when you're not quite yourself? Ah, fickle friends. If you got a bad day, they'll let you have it, but, but not goodness and mercy. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll, I'll get to the real message we planned in a moment, but uh, come on. We, we, I've got people on Facebook. They'll unfriend me because they decide they don't like me, but not him. Goodness and mercy will follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you have family that they'll abandon you because you, you made a bad decision and a broke down moment. And they'll walk away from you, but not goodness and mercy. Uh-huh. They'll, they'll stay they'll, they'll all the days of my life. All the days until you stop breathing, they'll be there. Goodness and mercy. You just look over, hey, goodness. Hey, mercy. I mean, come on. Goodness and mercy. They're walking with you. They're with you. When, when you feel alone, goodness and mercy. Uh, what's up, goodness? How you doing, mercy? Hallelujah. Right? Sister Ramona hears what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Mm. They're with you right now. Hallelujah. Whatever you face, goodness and mercy. Oh, hallelujah. I'll have to maybe... Preach a message just on that here soon. Goodness and mercy. Because I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Been faithful even when I didn't deserve it. Faithful when everyone else walked away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Faithful when I should have died. Faithful when I never should have made it out of what I came out of. Come on. He was faithful. Hallelujah. So he's, he's a good God. If anybody ever tries to preach and teach you anything else that he's a good God, uh, they're a liar because the God that we serve is a good God. Amen. Yes, he's a good God. Amen. He's faithful. Yes, he's a just God, but that's part of what makes him good. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Hallelujah. I, I'm thankful he doesn't have favorites. Aren't you glad you didn't have to show up today and worry about somebody else in here being a more favorite person than you? And I have favorites, you know. I'm human. I have people I like better than others. Oh, come on. Why do y'all act all churchy on me? Don't you have favorites in life? I know some of you would never admit it. You might be you have a favorite child. I know we pick one that mom's not here today, so I always say my sister's the favorite. Right? Always, always. <laughs> so that's what happens when she misses church. Right? I'll put her on blast. She'll be on Facebook watching, typing out, being a Facebook troll. That's not true. 
But we have favorites. Some, I have some people I like better than others. Yeah. But God doesn't look at us like that today. He, he, he says to, to us today, he says, Cynthia, goodness and mercy for you. He looks at Ramona, goodness and mercy for you, Ramona. And goodness and mercy for you, Diana. And goodness and mercy. He, he doesn't just choose goodness and mercy for the favorites. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. Oh, amen. On the good days and the bad days. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes. Aren't you glad to be in church today? To everybody who's missing today, we send you our love and prayers. And if you're watching on Facebook, we just say hello. We're praying for you. I saw Scott messaged and uh, Rick's down in some pain. And so him and mom are out. And others, we just love you. We miss you. And we'll be praying for you. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Hallelujah. Good things are happening. Yeah. We're going to go into the word in the book of Proverbs in a moment. Before we do, I had a just a marvelous meeting Friday. I had to present to the board at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and uh, things like that. And I found out things I didn't even know. How many of you know? Uh, last year, I, I've announced, we, last year we served 83,000 people with food from this place, which is astonishing. But then the food bank decided to break that down into pounds. You know, we gave, this will blow your mind, that from this church out in that little back parking lot, we gave out last year in 2022 from January through December, 1,272,000 pounds of food. I mean, wow. When, when they told me that, I was just blown away. And so then I started going back and doing the math over the years, and, and it, it's, it's astonishing. Uh, just the, the amount of food we've given out in the last 11 years since we've been doing this. Uh, it's unbelievable, but last year we really knocked it out of the park, over a million pounds of food. It is. It's, it's, so we've been changing lives and helping people, and we're going to continue to do that. And it was just a, a great time of sharing with them and uh, them sharing their appreciation for us that when everything got shuttered back when COVID hit, uh, we just kept on. And I'm grateful and thankful for everybody who makes it ha possible and that not just here in our church, but our community organizations and all of those things. It's a tremendous uh, thing that we do. And I know so many people stand in awe that, of that line that goes down Console Street every two weeks. And it is amazing. Uh, and I'm just grateful for everybody who helps make it possible, whether you volunteer or you give to make it happen or whatever. Uh, we just appreciate it so much. Hallelujah. Because it's bigger than us. That's you and I just demonstrating the goodness of God. That's what it is. People say, how much longer are you going to do it? I know some of the neighbors get irritated with the line and all of that. And we do our best to accommodate. But, but it's us demonstrating the goodness of God. Just letting people know, hey, we care about you. We love you. We want to help. We know it's tough. Anybody else go to the grocery store recently? Yeah. So whatever we can do to help make it a little easier, we just let them know we love them. Hallelujah. And so that's part of our way of doing that. Praise God. Good things. Mm-hmm. Million pounds. Thank you, Jesus. Well, 
Glory to God. You know, last week, uh, I believe God wanted to do more than what was accomplished. He was moving. Somebody else said that to me after church. Um, he wants to move. And so I want you just to make up in your mind and your heart even now, God, do with me whatever you need to do today. Amen. Do with me whatever you need to do. There's been times he's had to shake me. There's been times he's had to give me an attitude adjustment. There's been times he's just had to love on me. Anybody else ever have to get an attitude adjustment? Uh, there's times, and he'll do those things. And so Geneva waves at me from the balcony. <laughs> yes, sometimes. And so, Lord, whatever you want to do in me today, do it. Amen. Have your way in this place, oh God. I, I was not able to get away from a particular portion of Scripture. We've been, we've been, today's the final day of our, our first of the year fast. We've been going through a time of fasting and prayer, and it's supposed to wrap up today. And so if everybody go grab your crab legs or whatever it is you've been wanting. Um, but I've been seeking the Lord and said, God, what is it you want to do now? Oh, Cynthia said she's buying, so there we go. We're all going to crab legs then. Hallelujah. After church. I said, God, what do you want to do now? And I've known that this is a year where God's getting ready. If those of you that follow us, whether it's your first time here or uh, you've just been aware of what's going on, and in just a very short period of time, we'll be launching things with the Dream Center at the church building behind us and uh, help with more community outreach and helping people get jobs and helping them with their education. And I mean, the list goes on and on. We're, we're, we're just not going to ask people to come to church. I want to help make their life better. Come on. That's what the real church is. Just, I'm not going to tell you and try to give you something in here that you can't live out there. So we want to help them on all aspects. And so all of these things are happening. And I kept saying, God, what now? What now? And he kept bringing me back to the book of Proverbs. And these couple of portions of Scripture where he's trying to urge you and I to be prepared. How many have ever found out in life what, when you aren't prepared for something, how shocking life can be? Uh-huh. And so uh, I want to share this word with you today. Great things come in small packages. I mean, you know, some of the greatest gifts are in small packages. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I know we all, when we came through Christmas there some time back, we all were looking at the biggest gift. But some of the better ones, I mean, you know, when, when I got my Apple Watch, it was in a tiny little box. Huh? <laughs> Amen. Some of your ladies' jewelry comes in little boxes. Unless you're like me and you put it in 15 other boxes in a big box until you get to the small one. Right. Great things come in small packages. Right? Some of you are great things in a small package. Right? Great things come in small packages. And so God kept reminding me of this scripture and about... I looked it up about five years ago. I preached out of this very text that I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 30, where God speaks in his word about a couple of small things that we would find insignificant. God needs to get you ready for what's next. Proverbs chapter 30, we're going to look at just a couple of verses, verse 24 through 28. Watch this. God needs to get you and I ready for what's next. He doesn't want you to be caught off by surprise. Hallelujah. He wants you to be ready for what is coming. We, we were singing earlier about the goodness of God. Good things are coming your way. 
And so you need to be ready for what he is about to do in your life, what he is about to unleash in your life. We as a church need to be ready for all the good things that he's about to unleash in your life. That doesn't mean there won't be bad days. It just means goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You're going to start being more aware of goodness and mercy in your life. It means that, that, that you today, preparation begins today. So watch this with me. Proverbs 30, beginning in verse 24. If you don't have your Bibles, check it out on the screen with me this morning. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. How I many you know sometimes small things we tend to overlook? We count small things as insignificant uh, we, we count uh, small houses, small churches, small all sorts of things as insignificant, small animals, small insects. But he says in his word, there are four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. Oh, my God. He's going to show you something today. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth all of them by bands. And the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. That's all. We're going to stop reading right there. Are you intrigued yet? Mm-hmm. Lois is awake today. Hallelujah. Isn't it awesome? She could be 93 years old and still awake. Hallelujah. You've been 93 for at least 11 years. <laughs> wow. I mean, that must be some goodness and mercy back there. I mean, hallelujah. Oh, y'all, we got to have some fun in the house of God. We got to laugh from time to time. And I only pick on her because I love her. So... I, I want us to look at this text today. God would not let me alone with this text. I, I wrestled with what in the world I was going to preach all week, and this is where he kept coming, where he kept coming. And I said, God, but what, what do you want to say? And so this morning we're going to deal with just about one of these uh, verses today because I believe it's, it's pivotal for you and I to hear what the Lord is saying. Great things come in small packages. He has a word for you today. Romans chapter 1 says, that God is going to judge the heathens because they failed to recognize the creator through the creation. That's what he says in Romans 1. That, in other words, they should perceive God through nature. How many of you know that you and I can wake up? I woke up this morning and it wasn't rainy or anything yet, but you should be able to perceive God through nature through the, the wind in the trees, maybe a bird chirping. This isn't the time of year, but even when the flowers are growing and blooming, you can see things and see God. You can often just, just look around and see how uh, you can perceive God, the creator, through creation. You can uh, look at anything. I mean, even the human body itself is amazing to look at as we understand how you, you can wound me, but I'll heal. How God created us in such a, a, a powerful and amazing way. And so he says in, in the word that the, he's going to judge the heathens because they failed to recognize the creator through creation. Hallelujah. In other words, it, it, he also says in the word that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is speaking to the church. Two different 
scriptures of way of looking at it, which, which that scripture basically is just meaning that if we don't have an ear to hear, we're going to miss what God is saying. That's what I kept hearing him say about this word. He kept bringing me back to you and I need to have an ear to hear what he is saying right now. We've been taking time to fast and pray and seek God for the year and not to make any missteps. You've heard me say many, many times that you and I can miss a moment or we can seize a moment. How many of you have ever missed a moment, missed an opportunity? Uh-huh, missed a job, missed, a, missed the opportunity to pay something off, missed the opportunity to buy the right car, all of those things we've missed out. You can miss a moment or you can seize a moment. I keep hearing God saying that, it, that if we're not careful, we'll miss our moment. In other words, God's saying you, you have a moment coming. Somebody needs to have an ear to hear. There is a moment coming for you that you need to make sure that you don't miss. Look at somebody and say, don't miss it. I'm going to keep you awake today. Don't miss it. My God, this church cannot miss it. You know, I, I had to reach out to somebody. She's a TV anchor in, in Pittsburgh, and I, I had to message her about something. And, and she right away, I didn't think she had any idea. who. She goes, I know who you are. Oh, boy. It's never good when somebody says, I know who you are. I thought, what did I do? What does she remember from my past? What did I do to this woman? I'm just joking. She remembered me, and I thought, oh, Lord. And yet she remembered us from being on the news all the many times that we were on the news uh, from food distributions. And when they came down, and this sanctuary was a food warehouse because we couldn't have church when they shut the churches down and all of that kind of stuff. She remembered that. She said, you are the ones that do all those great, amazing things in Fayette County. I thought, wow. And she said, you know, there's still a lot of eyes watching you. It's God saying that you and I have a moment we, we can miss a moment or we can seize a moment. You know, we seized on a moment through all of that, right? There is a moment coming for you. There have been things that you and I have been praying about and worrying about and concerned about. And God's saying, hey, you've got a moment coming up. You can miss it or you can seize that moment. Don't miss the moment. Amen. Don't miss the moment. Say, don't miss it. Yeah, we're not going to miss it. Hallelujah. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll miss the way that God is speaking. That's why I said that we can look at nature and see God. We can hear him often speak through other things, even in this life. Th this particular text talks about four tiny beings in the earth. It talks about an ant. It talks about an oak locust, a coney, right? Even a spider, some of y'all's favorite creature on the earth. Amen. Some of y'all act like the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you when you see a spider, right? You, you jump and yell and scream and holler. Amen. And it wasn't the Holy Ghost. It's just you're afraid. Hallelujah. Right? We had a bat get in the church here one day. <laughs> Me and Lois and David, we came over trying to get that thing. We still didn't figure out how it got in here. And, I mean, you would have thought the, the, the glory of God had come into this place. We were hooping and hollering. Well, David wasn't. He was pretty chill about it. But me, <laughs> for me and Lois, we were on the move, amen, 93 years old, and she was, I mean, she was on the move. I thought she was going to jump off that balcony and start flying. <laughs> Not even joking. Uh, You just had to be here, y'all. You just had to be here. We had nets and towels. I mean, we were waving brooms. <laughs> We were doing everything, but it was like the glory of God. But no, it was just fear. I don't know what it is about them, but they're creepy little things, right? 
I just don't like him. Hallelujah. And so the scripture is bringing about, talking about these four small creatures. But isn't it interesting that God would talk about these four tiny beings? He has a message to you and I about these four tiny things. I find it interesting that God isn't referring and trying to preach a message to you and I about some of the bigger beasts in the word or even the bigger beast that we know of in, in the earth. I mean, why isn't God trying to talk to us about the, the strength and, and the, uh, and the uh, fortitude of the lion? It's scary, gnarling teeth, right? It's roar that'll shake the earth. Or an elephant that walks with great strength, right, and, and, and weighs like over 10 ton. Right? Why, what, why is God using something like an ant, a coney, a spider, and a locust to preach you and I a message about getting ready and being prepared? I mean, I, I, I find it interesting, right, that God would use such a peculiar thing. You know, uh, he could speak of a buffalo, for example. Buffalo, uh, if you, they're, 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 they, they're difficult to kill as adults. Anybody who's ever been like a nature freak and watched Nat Geo or anything like that, uh, right? They're, buffalo, when they get older, they're, they're, their hide is so strong, no other animal can really kill them, so they have to kill them when they're small. And so once they get older, they're more difficult to kill. So why wouldn't God use even a buffalo, a lion, an elephant, or a, a rhino, or a, a, a cheetah? I mean, the, the, there's endless possibilities. But particularly in Proverbs, he looks and emphasizes right here in the, in the text, the one I want to focus on here first is the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Oh, my, my, my. So they prepare their meat in the summer. Not talking about the strength of the buffalo or the, the vastness of a lion or an elephant or any of those things. God is trying to speak to you and I today through these four small creatures. And so that's what I'm going to focus on today. Because I've noticed something about God. God does not always use what you and I think he ought to use. Haven't you ever noticed that God often uses people that we would think, well, who do they think they are? I've watched God use people who maybe don't dress like you and I, don't act like you and I, don't look like us. God will use them. God often uses the unconventional things, unconventional people, right? I've even said God will even speak sometimes to me through an infomercial, a commercial, something strange. God doesn't use ordinary things. I, I'm a little twisted than most, but but God doesn't use ordinary things to speak to me. Sometimes it'll come on some secular song will come on the radio and a message will come into my mind, right? Oh, I know that can be shocking to some of you. God will speak through various things. God's today trying to speak through even an ant, right? God's trying to speak through unconventional. Right now, God's trying to speak through an unconventional way over here. Are you hearing that? Uh, I'm so glad God has that sense of humor. We just keep on going. It'll be all right. We, we's in church. We'll see you later. Love you. Bye. Hallelujah, right? We'll just, we'll just laugh, keep on going. It's all right. We're just broadcasting on TV right now, but it's okay. We interrupt. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. See, this is, this is what real church is. This isn't a facade. We're not going to edit this thing out. It'll, it'll be there. <laughs> Pastor Donnie, leave that in there. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's speaking. Y'all are going to preach this message for me. He speaks in unconventional ways. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, we're just going to laugh with it. Just go with it. God has a way of showing up in strange places. Yes, he does. That's why God says in his word, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. In other words, be careful. Don't allow yourself to get an ego, Adam. Be don't think of yourself more highly. Well, you know why the Bible says that? A lot of times we only focus that about ego and that we, 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 we're cocky or we're this or that. No, God wants you and I to make sure that we're not trying to live our life thinking, look what I did. Because when you and I do that, here's what that, well, here's what that scripture means. When, when, that, when the word of God says, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, what it really means is because if you and I think of ourselves greater than we are, we exempt ourselves for being a channel of expression of God. In other words, I don't let God move and become a channel of which he can move through me. I have this idea I can do it all on my own. God, we don't need you to show up in church because if you don't show up, we'll just sing the house down. God, we, we don't need, if, even if you don't show up, we'll, we're going to pray the house down. Are you hearing me? No, we, we can't get so cocky to think that we can do this on our own. We need him. That's why earlier when we were singing, I will sing of the goodness of God, I realized there were many times when I didn't believe I even had the strength to get up that he carried me. When I started coming into the church today, I got a dizzy spell. I just thought, Lord, I ain't going to be able to do this today. Everything was spinning. Don't know why. Don't know where it came from. Led worship being dizzy. I I, that's why I was closing my eyes because every time I opened my eyes, the whole room was spinning, right? And so, well, but, and so I just made up my mind, God, you're going to have to carry me. God, you're going to have to get me through this. God, you're going to have to stop the dizzy spell so I can bring forth the word of God. Amen. And if we're not careful, we'll just try to do it without him. You know how many times we've tried to do some things? If you've ever tried to do something without God, then you recognize you probably failed. Uh-huh. When I've tried to be a dad without him, I failed. When I've tried to have success without him, I failed. Hallelujah. You and I have got to make sure we don't exempt ourselves from being a channel which he can express himself through. Hallelujah. See, we're, we're, we as just people are always trying to climb up, and yet God is a God that he's always trying to come down. We're always trying to get to the next thing, the bigger thing, the higher thing. And yet we serve a God who's always trying to come down to us, always trying to reach you and I where we are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, we, we, especially in the church, we sort of have a, a Hollywood mentality. Oh, I, I won't spend a lot of time there, but it's, it's necessary to speak. Everybody wants to be, you know, one of the big ones, like apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, right? Uh, but nobody wants to do all the other things like vacuum the floor and, and, and prep the bulletins and, you know, do all the other stuff. Everybody, uh, we have like a Hollywood mentality in the church. Everybody's trying to get to the greater or the next best thing. Hallelujah. I, I, I call it a Hollywood spirit. In the church, right? Everybody needs to have a name and a title. Glory to God. People get saved and next week they want to start pastoring. It don't work that way. Hallelujah, right? I've had people demand that I call them by a title and I'm like, who? What? For what? You know, what, what, what do you mean? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have this idea that we, we have to have those things making ourselves greater and that we can do it without him. I need thee every hour, the old hymn says. Most gracious Lord, I can't do any of this on my own, whether it's parenting or pastoring or any of those things. I need him. And so we, we get, end up getting a mentality that I, I can't be taught anything. I already know everything. 
I've learned something. There's more to it than just knowing the word. I can quote the word backwards and forwards. People will say, what does chapter so-and-so of this book say? And usually I can quote something in there. That's great. But there's a difference between knowing the word and knowing his voice. Did you hear what I'm saying? There's a difference between knowing the word of God and knowing his voice. How many of you know it without caller? I know we all have caller ID now. My phone tells me who it is before, you know, right? Before we just heard, right? A phone rings. Sometimes it'll say call from, right? But without caller ID, if I didn't have it back in the days, if y'all remember what it was like, you had to screen your calls and you'd pick up the phone and not say anything to see if it was a bill collector or not. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. I know. I remember that. I remember growing up, mom and dad dodging the calls, right? Because you didn't have only the, only the special people who had that little box. You know, the people who could afford that little box would have color ID. I remember them picking up the phone, not saying that. I'd be like, but I learned quickly they were screening, seeing if it was the, the car repo man or, or Capital One or somebody calling because you didn't pay the bill or the electric company, right? So that you just didn't say nothing. And, 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 and if they heard like, hello, and it was a voice they recognize, oh, hi. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a difference. See, I'm, I'm preaching right where you all know I'm in your business today. So right now, we just look at the phone. We just hit decline, right? That's it. Oh, that's that. I'll pay you next week. Decline. Get in line. Get in line. There's others waiting. See, that's the stuff we, we don't talk about in the church. We, we want to believe that everyone's blessed in, in abundance, but there's some po- folks here. They're dodging some calls right now. And so let's just break it down where we are. And so there's a difference. Uh, and for everybody who isn't dealing with that right now, well, just come see me. Hallelujah. I'll tell you how you can be a blessing to those <laughs> who are dealing with the problem. <laughs> oh, see, I'm keeping you awake today. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm having fun today. Mm-hmm. A, I said there's a difference between knowing the word and hearing his voice. There's a difference between knowing who is calling and hearing the voice of someone who's calling. I can know even if I don't look at the caller ID who is calling because of the voice. So sometimes God wants you and I to know that we, we put so much emphasis and almost the church has condemned people who don't know a lot of words. I don't care how much word you can quote me. I don't care if you know the verse and chapter of whatever's, I, that I ain't even interested. I know some really good preachers who can preach the word who can't quote verse and scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But, but they know his voice and there is a difference. I am more interested in someone, don't, you don't need to be able to know the word, do you know his voice? The word of God says, my sheep, will know me by my voice, right? You need to be able to understand the voice of God. It's not important if you can understand and teach the etymology and the Greek and Hebrew of scripture. All that's great and fancy. I can do it, but you don't need to. Do you know his voice? Because I don't know about you, but I, I need to know his voice when I'm in trouble. I need to know who's calling. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There are some people you want to talk to when you're in trouble, and there's some people you don't. There are people that will text me or call me. I'm like, I ain't got time for you today. I don't have the patience. Or Anybody else ever get like that? I don't have the strength to deal with you. You're a leech in my life. Everybody know what a leech is, right? They just, they'll just suck the blood, the life right out of you. I mean, all they ever do is deplete you of strength. 
Oh, hallelujah. See, I'm trying to, you're afraid to say amen now. And some of you are saying, am I a leech in pastor's life? Well, (laughs) no, just love us, everybody. Just love us, everybody. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, just love us. See, it's really important that we know his voice. Because I, I need to be able to know when it's his voice speaking to me through a commercial or an infirmary. Sometimes God will give me a word of knowledge through something like that. It'll be a word for somebody, and I'll just, I'll know it's his voice. I'm telling you, it's the truth. There's times I, I'll be praying for somebody, and God will speak through the, my pillow. Something crazy like that, you know. I'm serious. I'll be up late at night and I'll be praying and something was weighing on my heart and he'll speak some word of knowledge. I'm like, God, is that you? And I know it wasn't just that goofy guy selling his pillow or his slipper or whatever the heck it is he sells now. I mean, that guy's got more stuff to sell my pillow than Lord Jesus. Lord, give us all a creative mind like that, you know? Are you here? But sometimes he'll speak to me and I know that it's him because I know his voice. It's not Mike, Ed, what's his name, Ed, Mike Lindell, whatever. Yeah, somebody. But I know that it's his voice. He'll speak to them. That's why God will use people to speak to you. And it's not that that individual speaking to you. It's God speaking through them. You know his voice. And so even though you heard their voice, you know his voice. And it resonates in your spirit. Or, or I hope you're hearing what I'm saying today. You know his voice. Hallelujah. Lord, we, we, that's why we need to have the attitude, Lord, teach me your voice. See, I survived a lot of things in this life, not just because I knew his word, but because I knew his voice. There's things you and I will survive and we will get through because we know his voice. Hallelujah. When we learn his voice, th- th- that's when we, we don't react to things like we used to. How I many you know I don't have the temper like I used to sometimes? But most of the time, I don't have the temper and the rage that I used to have in this life. There are some bad days, but most of the time, because why I know his voice and so I don't react like I used to. Uh Uh-huh, because I know his voice. Thank you, Jesus, for your voice. See, it's a great thing. Even the Bible teaches us it's a great thing to have knowledge, but, but Lord, teach us wisdom. We need some wisdom, right? See, what I understand is knowledge will give you the tools, but wisdom tells you when to use it. Uh-huh. I got all kinds of tools. One year for Christmas, somebody bought me tools. And you know, there are some tools I'm like, what do I do with that? Just being honest, I, I don't quite know, you know. Jimmy, I just don't know at all. I can do most basic things, right? But there are some things I don't have a clue what they're used for. Glory to God. All the men are like, man, he is crazy. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a construction guy. I can do basic stuff, right? But wisdom will tell you what things are used for. See, it's good to have knowledge of the word, but wisdom will tell you when to use the tools or the knowledge that God gives you and I. The the Bible says in the text that we read, let me get where we need to go today. The Bible says there are four things that though they are very little, they are very wise. Notice God walked by all the great animals I mentioned earlier. He walked by the elephant. He walked by the lion. He walked by any depiction of an animal that we think that God might use. He walks by them, and he looks at these four small creatures. In other words, it's God's way of saying, hey, don't estimate, underestimate the little ant. 
because great things come in small packages. God points to the ant, and the reason I want to begin right there, we're not going to get through all of them. I think I'll teach, uh, preach about it one or two of them next week. Watch this. The reason that God brings us to the ant is God points out in the word that the ant is preparing food for the winter in the summer. Remember, I said to you that God wants you and I to get prepared. Something's coming. Remember, a few months ago, I preached the message, God is up to something. I said, God is up to something. And God needs you and I to be ready for the something that he's up to. Sometimes that requires preparation. Yes, it requires preparation. And so I'm preaching today good about the ant because watch this, in the summer, watch this, the the ant is preparing in summer for the winter because in the summer the grass is green and the blossoms are all plentiful and the harvest is great, but the ant ignores where he is because he is filled with preparation for where he is going. In other words, you and I need to stop being so focused on where we are and start looking to where you're going. How many of you have ever gotten drowned by a circumstance? I mean, overwhelmed. Glory, hallelujah. I have to fight that off sometimes. We have a lot going on and we're preparing for a lot. And I've been doing a lot and I I have to be careful not to allow myself get so overwhelmed with where I am that I can't prepare for where I'm going. My job for this church is to be always know where we're going. Always while we're in winter, be preparing for summer, right? When we're in summer, be preparing for winter. That my job is to always be preparing for what's next. I, I don't like to be around people who don't know where they're going, right? The Bible says with a people without a vision perish. In other words, if you don't know where you're headed, you have no direction, Oh, yes. And so the, the, God is using this text in, in the word of God to help remind you and I that we need to not be so focused on where we are, that we ignore where we're going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So where are you going? Right? Where, where are you going? Where are you headed to? What, what is next for you? How many of you know it's hard to focus on, on what's going to happen in your life financially when you're surrounded by debt right now? It's hard to believe that you're going to be well in this life if you're battling sickness or some disability right now. Amen. It's difficult to be able to see your life any different than where you are right now. The enemy often wants you and I to be so consumed with where we are and what's wrong so that we can't focus on what's next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is more to your life than where you are right now. Are you still with me? Or do we have to make fun of Lois some more? Hallelujah. I said there's more to your life than where you are right now. In other words, it gets better than where you are. God has more for you. He has better things ahead of you than where you are right now. I don't care how many bills are piled up. I don't care how tight it's been. I don't care how sick you've been. I don't care what disabilities you have. There's more. There's more. Great things come in small packages. Hallelujah. Every one of these little animals that are mentioned, the insects and animals that are mentioned in the text have, have some kind of handicap. Every one of them. There, there's some kind of hand. There are things that they can't do that others can do. Do you know every one of us in this room has some form of handicap or limitation? 
I can't do what others can do. I, I, I can do some things, but I, I can't do what I, the reason I go to mechanic because I don't know anything under the hood other than where to my where to check my oil, where to put it in. Hallelujah. Where to put I had to replace a battery. My, I knew how to do that. But beyond that, I, I can't do many other basic things. That's why I go to mechanic. But I don't get overwhelmed in what I don't know. I go to where I can find the answers. Hallelujah. Everybody has sort of some kind of limitation, handicap of some kind. Hallelujah. And so God wants you and I to focus. Look at what he says in his word, that the ant is preparing food for the winter in the midst of summer. In other words, if the ants were standing before you instead of me and preaching today, the ant would be saying to you, Cynthia, prepare yourself. That is the message of the end. I know this is a little different than what I would normally preach to you, but I, this is a word I could not get away from. It's what he kept bringing me back to. You and I need to get ready. Get ready. I'm telling you, you need to be ready for what God is going to do. We have been through, going through this time of prayer and fasting, and the only thing God kept hearing me is you won't recognize where you are in one year from now. Over and over, he said, you won't recognize where you are in one year from now. In other words, things are about to take a turn in your life. Oh, hallelujah. I said, things are about to take a turn in your life. Things are about to take a turn in your church. Things are about to take a turn in your finances. Things are about to take a turn in your health. You won't even recognize where you are. I mean, look around. Look around, take a picture if you must. But I'm telling you, you won't even recognize who you are and where you are 12 months from now. That's what God keeps saying. And so and after I kept hearing that, kept hearing that, and he would not let me get away from this chapter in Proverbs, he needed me to remind you and I that we've got to get ready for what is next. Say, get ready. Oh, see, some of you are still awake. Get ready. He says, prepare yourself. Why? The, the ant is preparing in, in summer for winter. It's preparing for what is coming. He is not at all concerned with, with, with his predators around him, what could kill him. I, I noticed something even back this summer when I would sit outside. Uh, the, when, when there's an ant crawling on the ground, you ever notice if you just put your foot down in front of him? Don't squash him. Don't be cruel. Right? Don't squash. You don't squash it. It, it. You don't stop it. It just keeps going. Do you know how many times you and I, when we face some kind of obstacle, it stops you dead in your tracks? I'm one of those, catch me on an off day and one or two things can go wrong, Jimmy, and then boom. I'm like, I got to go lay down. I give up. I quit. I'm so sick and tired of doing for people and they don't appreciate, right? They don't appreciate anything you do. I'm just done. Not the ant. You can step your foot. You can, you, can, you can do anything. You can put all kinds of things in front of them and they'll keep going. If they can't go around it, they'll climb over it. Because they are busy not focusing on where, oh, I'm about to preach good to you. They're not, they're not just focused on where they are. They're too busy focused on where they're going. Some of you, God needs you to stop looking at where you are and what's wrong right now. There's a whole lot of wrong right now. Good God, every time we go get gas in our car or we go to the grocery store or we look at our bills or we, look at, we go to the doctor, right? There's a lot of things going wrong, but God says don't pay any attention to where you are. Don't allow that to take your focus. I need you to focus on where you're going. There's something more. There's something greater. That's why the ant is preaching to you and I today. Can you say amen? The wisdom of the ant says prepare yourself. Prepare for winter while you're in summer. Notice something else. that The, the ant is totally disregarding his past. Woo. 
I know people will always, people are always good at reminding you and I of our past, but, but the answer is, oh, just ignore it. Just ignore your past and ignore your present. Hallelujah. That he's come to a point of closure about yesterday. God wanted me to tell some of you to, to put closure on what happened yesterday. Put closure on all the things and all the mistakes that you've made. Shut the door on that. It's, it's like the room in some of our houses, Lois, that we just shut the door and pretend it doesn't exist. Come on, you, you, anybody else? I got one of those rooms. It's just the drop everything room. And then when company comes over, I just shut the door and pretend, oh, pretend it's just as nice as the rest. <laughs> or a closet. And yet the truth of the matter is, is we all have clutter in our life. And God is trying to say, I need you to forget about the clutter and all the things that you've done wrong, all the people you've done wrong, right? Do your best to make it right. But listen, there comes a point where you have to forgive yourself and stop walking around in the shame and the agony of what you did wrong and realize that's over. The reason the ant can focus on what is next is it's not consumed with what happened yesterday or where it is at right now. Somebody needed to hear that today. The enemy wants to get you tripped up into all the things that went wrong yesterday and all the things that aren't working today so that you can't plan for tomorrow. Some of you can't see yourself married. Some of you can't see yourself wealthy. Some of you can't see yourself better in your health. Some of you can't see your life any different than where you are, but it, the reason you can't is because you're not preparing. I can see things different for this church. I can see things different for my life. You know why? Because every day, God told me five years ago, every day do something, something, and work towards the big vision. And every day I do something, whether it's a phone call or some small thing, I always do something to get me one step closer to all the things that God has. Do you know why this church is able to broadcast into 42 nations around the world and be translated into 38 different languages? Right now, while we're standing here and preaching the gospel, it's because every day, day we did something to accomplish the vision we were preparing for tomorrow people still can't believe it we hear from continents all around the world I get emails that I can't even read I got to put it over into word translate it and then be able to read what they're saying because they email me in Chinese or Japanese I'm like huh God does those things because every day we we don't get consumed with where we are and say oh there's not enough Oh, we don't have enough. Oh, when, do you, you know how we are able to feed 83,000 people? It's because we're not focused on where we are. I don't look and say, oh, well, there's only so many folks in church. They don't want to come to church no more. No, I, I, I could give two rips if you have three people, 30 people, 300 or 3,000. I preach to thousands and I preach to a handful. It doesn't matter. You know what matters when it comes to church is do you come with a hunger? Are you interested in what's next? That's what matters. Numbers never matter. I, I love it when I get to go preach to 5,000 people. Oh, that's fun. It's great. It's energetic. Yeah. But you know what? A church of five can have the same hunger as a church of 5,000. That's the truth. It all comes down to what, what is it that you're seeing? Are you preparing for what is next? God wants you and I to get ready for what is next. Hallelujah. Say get ready for what's next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you're going to stop looking at your past and you're going to stop being focused on where you are. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to prepare myself. The ant completely disregards the summer and prepares for the winter. 
he takes, watch this, he takes the food from the summer and moves it into his winter because he has the faith to believe that he will be there in the winter. Oh my God. Haven't you ever, I heard somebody say the other day, oh, pastor, what do I need to do? They were asking me what they should do. They came into a little bit of money and because my background is finance, they came to me for some advice and I said, well, here's what you need to do. And I said, we need to get you set up with a good investor and blah, blah, blah. And I told them the investments they should do. I said, but you need to talk to them because I'm not licensed in it anymore. I said, so talk to them. I said, but here's what you need to do. And, and they looked at me, but, but he, he said to me, he said, but I'm too old. I said, what do you, what do you mean? What are you speaking, death? I said, what do you mean? You're too, he said, but I'm too old to, to make that kind of investment. I said, no, you need to prepare now for where you expect yourself to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, you and I need to be able to have the faith to believe that we're gonna be there and start preparing for where there is. Hallelujah. That, that's why it's important that sometimes you and I put some money aside so that we have money for when then, when we get there. Hallelujah. Some of you need to start preparing and stop believing that the life that you are living is all that it would ever be because you, there is coming a day that what I'm telling you today is God saying you're, you're about to get there. You need to get prepared for when you get there. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I like to make a, a dinner in advance and put it in the crock pot so that when I get home from a long day at the office, dinner's there. That's what God wants you to do right now. He's saying, I need you to start preparing your life. No, you're not there yet. No, you haven't made it. No, you haven't been able to mend all the fences and not everybody has forgiven you and your life doesn't look like everything you had hoped for. But when you get there, I need you to start preparing right now for when you get there. Oh, hallelujah. So you need to stop being so distracted by what's going wrong right now. I don't pay any mind by all the bad news on the news every day. I'm too busy preparing for where I'm going. I'm too busy understanding that there's a shift and a turn that's about to come. That's what I told you just moments ago, that there is a shift. God is wanting to shift you and I into another place and another dimension. You know what? Sometimes people, I had a pastor friend of me said, you know, you're not afraid to look like a fool. He has a church in Brownsville and he, he laughs about my, uh, my audacious faith. And he said, you just believe for anything. I said, yeah, I believe for anything. And he said, and you're not afraid to look like a fool. I said, no. I said, people have thought we were crazy. All the buildings and all the houses and stuff that we've bought and we've accumulated over the years, right? All of that, I've had people make fun of us. We've got other churches real close by. They poke fun and think, oh, what do they think? Who do they think they are? But they don't have the reach that we have. They don't do the things that we do because we have vision. I don't just have vision for me or just you. I have vision for our community. I have a vision to see Connellsville Street redeveloped and, and beautiful, nice houses and, 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 and all of these things. I have a vision for our community right here, right, of wealth and increase and change in economic status. I have vision that's going to drive out crime and drive out addiction in our community, right? That's why we're so invested in all those things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so all the while we've been preparing. We bought houses and we bought a, the other church building behind us and we own the school and all that because we've been preparing. We've been getting ready and I have never been afraid. I know some people have questioned my decisions at times, but all the while I, I just kept hearing God say, get ready, get ready, get ready, right? I think it was T.D. Jakes who used to say that years ago, get ready, get ready, get ready. Wasn't that him? I don't know. Some of you might remember. He said, get ready, get ready. You and I need to get ready, get ready. That you and I have to be willing to look like a fool for him. 
Haven't you ever done that? You, you made a decision, you bought a house, you moved, you did something and everybody else around you was like, I don't understand what you're doing, but you saw and you believed in something bigger than you. How you were preparing, you were preparing for what's next, hallelujah, hallelujah. So if we're gonna obey the wisdom of the ant, we've gotta be willing to look like a fool sometimes. Hallelujah. Meaning that sometimes we'll get busy doing something, uh, doing, making ourselves busy about something that I don't need right now. But I, it's something I need in my future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting me in step with my destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to get ready. We're going to get ready. God wants you and I to be more like him. God showed me something that we're, we, don't, we don't look a lot like him because we're not getting ready to him. You know something interesting about God is God never reacts. God reacts. God, God acts. Even back in Genesis when, when the serpent tempted Eve and then Eve fed the apple to Adam, right? God was not caught off guard. God was prepared. God looked at that situation and, and, and when the devil tried to overthrow and thought he had really caught God off guard, God was like, I already got a plan for what you did because he was prepared. Do you realize that you and I are often, there's sometimes things will happen in my life and I get shocked. I get blown away. Somebody will pass away or get some kind of bad news or, you know, some big bill will show up in the mail and I'm just like, Lord Jesus. My gas bill came and I thought, good God almighty, it's a car payment. I mean, I mean, for real. He didn't catch God off guard. And when I got that bill, the Lord sort of rebuked me because I was just like, oh, Jesus. God says, well, had you been prepared? I looked and I said, oh, no, you didn't, God. Oh, no, you didn't just put me in my place had you been prepared. I wanted to say, who do you think you are? But then I realized that he's God. You know, he, can, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> I need you to have an ear to hear. The ant goes into preparation mode out of season to get ready for what is next. God gave me an urgency this morning because God wants to take you and I to another level of glory. I said, he wants to take you and I to another level of glory. But God needs you and I to be willing to even look like a fool right now. God needs you to be willing that it, what, what he wants you to get to work doing and how he wants you to start preparing in your life it may not fit where you are right now. It might even look foolish to some people, but it's because you and I need to get prepared for another level of glory. Hallelujah. What do I mean? The ant in its wisdom will grab something so much bigger than it. Do you realize that an ant will grab a crumb three times its size? If you've ever seen an ant carrying something, it will, it will grab a hold of something, a crumb. It'll try to get a hold of a piece of pizza crust. That, that could crush him and it will pull and tug and try to get it up on its back and carry it because it is aggressively trying to prepare for what he knows it's coming. The ant has the faith to believe that he will be there in the winter. 
So he's preparing for more. Church, you and I need to start preparing for more. You and I need to believe that, hey, I'm going to make it to more. I'm going to make it to what God has that is next in my life. I'm, I'm going to get there, that I'm actually going to get to see it, that all the work that we do here at the church, that we're actually going to get to see the benefit of it paying off. Hallelujah. That, that instead of the long line only being for food, that we'll see the long line being for church too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, come on. That's what he's saying, that things around here are going to start looking unrecognizable. Your life is about to look unrecognizable. I know you thought the job that you've been working is all it will ever be, but I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. God has something more for you. God has more money for you to make an hour than what you've allowed yourself to be limited to because you've been focused on where you are. But God says, no, that I have more for you. Even the word says he's a God of a cattle. He owns a, a cattle on a thousand hill. He owns more than what you can see. God is in control of more than what you and I can see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says, I need you to have the wisdom and the knowledge of the, of the ant and prepare for where you're going. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say, I've got more on the way. Say it again. I've got more on the way. Oh, yeah. See, that's why the Bible says, I I'm fixing to finish. I I I'm not going to get through everything I wanted to. So, but watch this. Th that's why the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God is about to do in our life. The Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard or what God has prepared for you and I. That's why it's difficult. It's difficult to visualize and hear something that you've not seen before, right? That's why it's important you know his voice. So that when he starts opening a door for you and I, you and I know to walk through it. Can, can I share one final thing with you? Oh, hallelujah. Then this, this, this next point I want to make, and we'll close with this. The second piece of wisdom he gave us in the text is about the second animal he mentions. And he says that the second piece of wisdom is in the mouth of the coney. <laughs> Now, if you don't know what that is, I'll give you a brief description before we close. There are feeble folk. Watch this. They are a feeble animal, but they place themselves in the rocks. Oh. They're a little bit bigger than a rodent and kind of kin to the rabbit, but the rabbit is fast and can survive because he can run, but the coney can't run. And they can't dig even deep like a mole. They have, they have a handicap. They're, they're not able to move quick. So that's why I said that they're a feeble folk. Watch this. But they place themselves in the rocks. In order for them to survive, so that as the Bible says, no weapon formed against them would be able to prosper, the coney positions himself. <clears throat> so the ant teaches us to prepare ourselves and this little coney teaches us to position ourselves. Position ourselves where? In the rock. See, a lot of times we disqualify ourselves because of what's wrong with us. 
because I can't read like the other person or because I can't speak like the other person because I have a handicap of sometimes we'll say things like I don't know enough I don't have enough I'm 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 not young enough I'm I'm too old Lois I'm all those things but God is showing you and I everything has a handicap Through this text God is revealing to you and I that while we are so focused on what's wrong with us God says nope there's something wrong with everything Everything has a limitation. Everything has a handicap. And God wants you to start looking at what's next and stop being so focused on what's wrong that you can't see what's next. So if you and I are going to survive where we're at right now, God needs you to position yourself. The coney positions itself in a place, in a position of strength in the rocks. What am I saying? For what God wants to do in you, You've got to get yourself in a new position. You've got to get yourself in the cleft of the rock who is Jesus. Are you starting to see what God is saying to you and I? He needs you and I to be prepared. Hear the message of the ant and be prepared. Start preparing for what is next. And then secondly, he needs you and I to make sure we're in the right position. Make sure that I'm seated and I'm, I'm standing up on the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. E- even watch this. This is how awesome God is. Even the name Coney in Hebrew means to hide yourself. Tell me God isn't awesome. Tell me God doesn't create things with a purpose. Tell me that God did not create you with a purpose. Even when God created the Coney, he knew he would create them with somewhat of a disability compared to others. But he said, I'm going to create them like this so that they, and their very name will mean to hide yourself. In other words, God's saying that sometimes you and I have to take shelter and hide ourselves in the rock who is Jesus. Remember last week when we preached the message, Angels in the Wilderness, we even said how, how, how Jesus was clinging to the rocks out of his weariness and how he had gone through 40 days of fasting and prayer and the enemy had come to tempt him and he was worn out and his back was against the rock oh but watch this but it was even in the midst of the rock he was hidden See, you and I need to understand that we're, we're going to take our place and stay, find our place of standing on the rock of Jesus Christ like the coney. Our place of strength and our place of position is in the rock. The rock of ages, right? So what's the Bible say? Cleft for me. Right? The song, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Lord, let me find my place in which I can hide when I need to have a little break or a reprieve from this life. Let me hide myself in you. Hallelujah. So in other words, you and I have got to get out of weak places and find strong places. I know some of you all have been feeling really weak and weary. I know you have because I have. I've been in the fight of my life. Some of the greatest wins and, and, and breakthroughs have been happening for our church in, 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 in my life. But at the same time, I felt weary and I felt weak. And sometimes I'll get up to get ready and I don't even have the strength to get moving. I've got to just like drag myself along. Right. And so I know that. But God is sending you and I a reminder that one, we need to prepare for what's coming but two we've got to make sure that we're positioned from a place of strength where is our position of strength it is in the rock my position of strength is in the rock of Jesus hallelujah God wants to reposition you we give God a whole lot of excuses come on I know I'm not the only one that gives God excuses we give God all kinds of excuses, but watch this. Then, then God reminded me of something, that there were people he used all through the word of God. And I'll give you just a couple as a reminder that he used all through the word that had handicaps. 
some kind of limitation. That's why you and I have to stop looking at where we are, stop looking at what's wrong, and start focusing on what it is that God wants to use you and I for. What's He have next for you? Say, what's next? My God, what's next? What's next? I've told God before, Lord, I can't do this, and Lord, I can't do that. And yet anybody who ever did anything for God had some kind of a limitation. Remember, Jacob had a limp, but God still used him. He walked kind of funny, but God used him. The apostle Paul was almost blind, but God used him. Are, are you, somebody hear him, what I'm saying. The Bible says that Thomas was full of doubt and fear, but God still used him. See, God will use your limp if you'll position yourself from a place of strength. All that I'm trying to get you to see today is simply this. God has a place you can hide where the enemy can't do you any harm. And that place is in the rock. That's why Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hide yourself. When we were praising God earlier, in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to have you stand and we're going to give an altar call. When we were praising God earlier, and I started thinking about probably where my life would be if he hadn't hid me. Do you know all the things and people who've tried to devour me? I mean, no joke. We've got death threats at our church. Just friends, even some family will turn against you sometimes. Health issues I've been through. Some of y'all know being life lighted, having heart attacks, right? Back surgeries left and right, all of these kind of things. Yet, but the only reason I'm still here is he hid me. The enemy was able, only able to do so much. The reason that some of you and I, yeah, it, it doesn't mean you and I won't feel the effect. It doesn't, you and I won't be impacted in life. It doesn't mean we won't hit bad financial times. It doesn't mean that things always go perfectly. But the real only reason I'm still here, the only reason that some of us are still here is he hid me. Some of you need to be able to be able to thank God and give him praise today that he hid you. That, that at least it, you didn't, when you felt like you didn't have much of anything, he hid you. That how much worse life could be for you had he not have hid you. Hallelujah. I didn't die because he hid me. That the enemy wasn't able to find me. Amen. That it, that it didn't end the way that it probably could have because he hid me. Amen. The only reason they, they, they didn't shoot me and they shot a neighbor was because he hid me. Somebody hearing what I'm saying today. The only reason that I made it out of that car accident was because he hid me. Nothing left of the car itself, but because he hid me, amen, you're able to walk out of that. The coney places themselves in the rock. Watch what the Bible says. Though they are feeble folk, though they're feeble folk, they set themselves, they place themselves on the rock. In other words, God takes feeble folk and hides them in positions of strength. What am I trying to say to you right now is that God 
has put extra support around you. Remember earlier when we, when we were getting ready to preach, I said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But you need to understand it's more than goodness and mercy. I said, it's more than goodness and mercy. It's just not goodness and mercy that are following you all the days of your life. He put you in a position of strength so that you, you are surrounded by, 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 by the rocks. That's why he put the coney in a manner to which they, they live and they habitate in the midst of the rock. Though they are feeble folk, though you might feel feeble and you might feel weary and you might feel weak right now, he's put you in a position of strength. Hallelujah. God has put some extra support around you. See, that's what you and I are really supposed to be. See, the real church. I know all of us have probably experienced fake church. Y'all not saying nothing. People who claim to love you but don't really love you. Oh, come on. I had people that used to love me when I was a little boy growing up until I started learning to play the piano and play the drums. And, and, it, and I'm not kidding you, churches split because people started clapping their hands. Stupid. That's stupid. Just stupid. They ran me and my family out of town. A man from the church said, I'll pay $1,000 to anybody that'll tar and feather that preacher. A Christian. So-called blood-bought believer. Oh, I know y'all wonder who it is. I, I, I won't name him. But I'm telling you one thing. Christians, we've all experienced people like that. What the real church is, and the reason God is trying to tell you and I to pre be prepared like the ant and then find our place of strength like the Coney is because God wants you and I to help be a place and a people of strength for people who feel feeble. That's what this church is. We are a place where people who feel feeble can come and feel and be made strong. That you and I won't let them be feeble by themselves, but we'll link arms and we will join together and we'll help them find stability in the rock who is Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is what the real church is all about. Hallelujah. That we'll find our strength and our stability in Him. Glory to God. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I said great things come in small packages. God has a place to put you. God needs you and I to get prepared. God needs you and I to find our place in the, in the, in, 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 in the rocks, in a place of stability where He can hide you, where yes, when things go wrong, you won't be so focused on where you are, but you'll be hidden. You'll be hidden from a place of strength. Hallelujah. You'll be hidden from a place of strength because good, good and great things come in small packages. Hallelujah. In other words, it doesn't all have to look perfect. Look how wise the Coney is by finding and living in a place of stability. Look how wise the ant is by preparing for what is next in the season where they are right now. My prayer for every one of us in this place is that today that we would stop being so focused on where we are and all that is wrong and we'll start being able to see and look for and get focused on God, what's next? God, what's next for me? God, how do you want to use me next? That, that I, 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 I'm going to be like the next Paul. I'm going to be like the next Jacob, right? I'm going to be the next Thomas. That I, Though I have a limitation, I know there's something that's next in my life. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? What's next? Yeah, you can say it. Say what's next. Amen. We've got to have a faith and believe in what is next for our life. Hallelujah. What's next? There's, there's something more. I, I, we won't be distracted. We won't be discouraged by what we see right now. But I'll prepare for what is coming. I'll prepare for the next season and the season I am right now. Mm. Hallelujah. Though they are feeble folk, they're hidden by the rock. So for every person this morning that says, I feel feeble and I feel weary, I feel like I've been living with a handicap, limited. If you can identify and you, you recognize yourself like that, you say, I know, Pastor, what you mean when you wake up and you just feel weary, feel tired, and you feel overwhelmed and consumed with where you are that you can't see what's coming. And if you just say, Lord, I need you to hide me. Will you come and join me? Lord, I just need you to hide me. My strength has been depleted. Come on. Just come. And but like the word says in Proverbs, though the coney are feeble folk, they make their place in the rock. Hallelujah. I'm feeble, I'm weary. Feeble, I'm weary. Hallelujah. He's going to hide us. That's why Psalms 91 says, He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. God wants to hide some of us that we've been weary and feeble and not sure we have the strength and the ability and the tenacity and the, the, all of those things to go on. But God is going to hide you right now like the coney in the rock, on the rock, so that you can be like the ant and start preparing for what's next. That you're not going to be so consumed with where you are and what you don't have. But you right now, with, with even in your limitations, you're going to start preparing for what's next. There's more coming. There's more coming. I said there's more coming for you and I. Some of us in this place need to just start thanking God that, that, that He has a plan and a purpose for us that we don't even see. Some of us need to start thanking God and praising God in this place that, that, that we have a place in the rock, that we can find stability and refuge even in the rock. Hallelujah. That, that when I'm weak, that's why the Bible says when I'm weak, He makes me strong. When I'm poor, He makes me rich. When I'm sick, He makes me whole. The Bible says that. Why? Because we can find everything that we have need of in the rock. So if everybody else that is in this place today, if you're standing back there and you say, Lord, I, I, you can say I'm good, will you stretch your hand forward and start praying for the people in the front of this room today, the, the couple that are standing up here, just start praying for them just start praying for them that, that, that God would hide them, that God would hide them that, that you know what it is to be feeble you know what it is to be weary at times you know what it is to feel like you're not very steady and steadfast but, but God hide them, Father I pray right now, come on church pray with me, Father I pray right now in the name of Jesus Father, would you do what only you can do? Father, would you reach out and begin to touch your people in this place today? God, bless, Lord, like the Coney, who are a feeble folk, Lord, we stand here in your presence. And Father, that we felt feeble and we felt weary. And God, we felt handicapped at times. But Lord, today, hide us. 
God, hide us to where the enemy can't see us and our enemies can't see us and that the people that we've been under attack by and God, the circumstances that are looming us, they can't find us, Lord. Though they are feeble folk, God, they're hidden by the rock. God, allow us to be hidden by the rock today. Allow us to be hidden by the rock who is Jesus Christ today. Oh God, allow us to be hidden. Lord, allow us to, to be able to, to even be who we are and do what you've called us to do from a place of strength. So Father, today I pray that, Father, that you would breathe strength into your people. Breathe strength into these folks, God, today. Breathe strength in me today, oh God. That Lord, and you would hide us in the rock who is Jesus Christ. Then, Lord, the next time as the, as the Word of God declares that the enemy goes around to and fro seeking whom he may devour, then, Lord, while we may hear the roar of the enemy, Lord, he, we're hidden by the rock. God, while we may feel and sense the effects of the attack of the enemy, Lord, we'll be hidden by the rock because, Lord, we stand from a place of strength. God, that's my prayer for not just those in the front, but every one of them in this place, God, that so we can see what is next. The only way that, God, I'll be able to see what's next if I have a position of strength is if I'm positioned right. And if, and if God, we are prepared. So, Father, prepare us. Help us, God, today to begin to prepare for what's coming next. And, Lord, help us to position ourselves in you. Now, Holy Spirit, would you breathe? through this place and on your people strength empower them right now holy spirit empower them right now i pray life and breath be breathed into them i pray god from the very nostrils of heaven lord that you would begin to breathe on your people now in the name of jesus from the very nostrils of god begin to breathe even now just like god you breathe on Adam to give him breath. Breathe now, Lord, fresh life. Brand new stamina. Brand new strength. In the name of Jesus. Brand new strength. That, Lord, we won't become weary in well-doing. That, Lord, I won't become weary in well-doing. thank you Lord I praise you Lord I praise you Lord for strength in the rock I praise you Lord for strength in the rock protection in the rock in the name of 
of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, great things come in small packages. Great things come in small packages. The wisdom of the ant, the strength of the coney, they're, they're small and they may even be feeble, but they're, they're mighty. You're, you're going to start looking at your life differently because you're going to walk in preparedness and you're going to leave this place from a position of strength, not focused on where you are, but focused on what is next. I said something next is coming to you. Next is coming to you. I'm going to wrap up this message next Sunday. And we'll look at the other ones that the text mentions. I'm, I'm going to look at those so that you can be fully prepared for what's next. And I believe that prophetically God is going to reveal what is next. Prophetically, he's going to reveal what is next to you. So be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. So Father, I just pray right now and I seal this moment. I seal this morning that God, not just the people in this room, but people who are watching online and that, that God, that they would receive strength and impartation through this time together by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that we would hear your word and that, Lord, we would be prepared and that, God, we would be positioned for what is next, something new, something fresh that you are about to do Father, get us ready. Make us ready in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this week we'll begin a brand new week, God, where we'll look at things differently. God, where I'm not going to focus on where I'm limited, but God, I'm going to be focused that I'm standing from a position of strength, that I may have a limitation, I may have a handicap, but I'm positioned in the rock. <laughs> and so even though I'm limited, I'm, I'm standing in a position of strength and hidden where the enemy cannot find me. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, give us a brand new outlook. God, give us a brand new way of seeing things and, and seeing where we are and where we're headed. I pray in the name of Jesus. Transform us by the renewing of our mind. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, as we leave this place, I pray that God, we don't leave your presence. Father, may we go, may you go with us, God, and may you continue to transform our lives and transform our minds and do extraordinary and explosive things in our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, do what only you can do. Father, I pray as we leave this place and God, as we give our tithes and our offerings and we bring them forward and as we give them along, that God, that you would multiply it, God, that you would bring increase. God, that you would do so much more with it than God we could ever do on our own. God, give us wisdom. God, give us wisdom. And all the things that we do. God, I pray today, right now, in the name of Jesus, that these people will have a better way of looking at life, focusing on what's next, not what's next and not where they are. We're going we're gonna to be like the ant, focusing on what's coming next and not where we are. And God, I give you the glory. And Lord, we give you the praise. And we give you all the honor. And we celebrate your great and powerful name today for who you are and how good you are. In the powerful and great name of Jesus Christ, we pray today. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Make sure you love on somebody. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. Amen. Rock to rock. Give somebody help to be strength for them today before we leave this place today. God bless you. We love you. Have a beautiful week in Jesus.